Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Josh Boone, who's an advisor and growth specialist for early stage e-commerce founders without a marketing experience or a co-founder or a CMO. Hey, Josh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to jump into this with you. Hey, man, we'll jump straight in. So can you expand a bit more about you know, where your business is today and the kind of people that you love to work with? Yeah, so mostly, like you said, work with early stage startup founders, um, typically they're e-commerce. And that's just because that's just most of my referral network is in there. But I've worked with wow. other startups across the board. I've worked with God, hundreds of different types of companies over the years across the board. Um, so that gives me a pretty good varied perspective on things. Um, but yeah, typically now e-commerce, early stage startup founders, a lot of them are first time founders. They don't know what they don't know. And so there's two fold there. One is I'm an advisor to them just personally, like as an entrepreneur, but also just overarching business strategy. How are they going about all this? And then the second is kind of, okay, what's your growth plan? What's your marketing strategy? How best do you utilize your resources? And, you know, most of them have much larger competitors. So kind of what's your unique angle, you know, the blind spots, are your larger competitors that you can kind of take advantage of. So that's really what I'm helping them with. Uh, they often don't have an advisor and they also don't often have a CMO. So, you know, the, the Trojan horse often is like, I'm going to help you with your marketing strategy, but what ends up very quickly happening is I'm helping them kind of as an advisor and as a coach in a lot of ways and and kind of helping them. Cause again, most of them are first time founders. Um, so hey, you know, that's kind of where there's there's a lesson for entrepreneurs out there. Sell people what they want and then give them exactly what they need. There's yeah. the, as you call it, the Trojan horse. So what is it that they think they want when they come to you? They often think that they they just want to hire a bunch of agencies and they just want to, you know, throw money into, you know, more tactically, they just want to throw money into like paid social media ads or paid search or, you know, whatever things that are really easy to, you know, put money in, put money out. And often they don't have the fundamentals set up. So that's really what it is. So um, throw money at the wall to say, bring me leads, bring me sales. Yeah. Yeah. But they're setting themselves up for failure because they don't have their house in order. You know, often a lot of times, often a lot of times they don't really have their overarching strategy dialed in. And they also, a lot of times their website is not very well done. Unfortunately, the last couple 
startups that I've worked with, they got referred to me after they already were deep in the process or had just completed having a website done. And these are e-commerce businesses. So the website is your mm -hmm. business. Yeah. And I come in because I'm being referred to them because they, okay, now we have the website, let's do marketing. And then often the people in my network are like, mm, wait, I think you need to get the foundation set, talk to Josh. But it, the unfortunate thing is, is that I'm coming in kind of late into the process and often I have to be the bearer of bad news. We actually have to redo a lot of your website because it's not good from a sales perspective. So let's just say you, it's kind of like a leaky pipe. You know, you're putting all this money and effort into, you know, shooting all this water down a pipe, but it's super leaky and you're just losing it all. And that's what happens is that they want to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on marketing to get traffic in, but then they go to the website and it's not converting and you just lost all of that, you know? So give me so, some examples. What, where are these leaks? What are the aspects that you can be like, traditionally it's this, this, and this that's broken, not there, um, not working. What is that? Yeah, so there's 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 a lot to it. I'll, I'll give you kind of a fractional example. So like, let's say somebody's like, oh, we want SEO, search engine optimization, right? So people find you on Google search, they go to your website. Often I'll talk to them and be like, okay, well, why do you want SEO? And they're like, well, you know, we want to get traffic to the website. And it's like, okay, well, why do you want to get traffic to the website? And it's like, well, because we want to increase sales. It's like, okay, well, your website's not converting very well because I go on the website, the landing page or the product page. It doesn't really talk about how you guys are different. Your Maybe your price point is significantly higher than other competitors. Why? You know, they have to have a good reason why. A lot of their value proposition, like the reasons why you would want to buy are not addressed. A lot of the big questions that people would have, you know, things that cause friction and would get in the way of you wanting to buy uh, are not there. They're not addressed. It's mostly, it's just, here's the product. Here's the price. Here's some details on a tab. You might not even click. That's it. I'm not buying that, you know? So from us, from just a persuasion aspect, it's usually not well dialed in. And then also there's just the user experience side of it. Often these websites are kind of janky. They don't work well on mobile. They're not well optimized. And then the larger, the larger kind of up uh, from there is they don't have their brand positioning and their messaging dialed in. Meaning, why do you guys exist? Why should somebody buy from you? And I know that sounds so fundamental, but there is a disconnect where a lot of these founders and entrepreneurs will have like a pitch deck or initial idea where they have all this great, mm -hmm. you know, they have all the great messaging. The second that it comes to like, doing the marketing, it's like that goes out the window and they forget about it. And it's crazy how fast that can happen. And so a lot of the time it's like, okay, what is your why? What makes you different from everyone else and would want somebody to buy from you? What are all the things that get in the way that cause someone to not buy from you? Let's remove that friction and get you set up for success and mm. have that foundation set in place. Because then when you do all your marketing, uh, you're, it's the tide that raises all ships. If your website converts better, all of your marketing converts better, makes it more effective, and you can go from there. So yeah, because with business, it's all about it's just data points, isn't it? It's all data. Yeah. It's all just numbers, and sure. this removes the oh the emotion from it because you can go in logic and be like, yep, there it is. Let's find out why, and that's where the work begins. So, with that in mind, can you tell me about your journey? So as you've been able to grow your business with, obviously, you practice what you preach. You have to have your messaging dialed in, have to have your purpose, your whys. So tell me your journey about how you came to 
your complete picture? Yeah, so there's there's a long story and a short story. I'll try to keep it as short as possible. But you know, I grew up in small business, grew up in a tree industry. I've always been an entrepreneur. I grew up going on estimates with my dad, you know, answering the phones and stuff like that. So I really got to understand the the consulting and advising thing really, really young. Also sales. Mm-hmm. Then I got into web design, SEO in my early teens. I had an affiliate, you know, network of affiliate sites. I did that for a while. 2010, I started a marketing agency. And then in 2013, we merged with another local kind of marketing agency that was starting up and things just exploded. You know, it's, it's a typical agency story. You know, you, you know, you get a team, you start scaling, you win a bunch of awards, everything's successful. You know, we're doing seven figures. Everything's great until it's not. <laughs> and, you know, I'm working hundred hour weeks. Uh, I'm burning out. Um, I, in retrospect, realized that I'm someone who is bipolar and I also have ADHD. And that's really important because I was on Adderall for my ADHD. But what was happening is that was triggering manic cycles. And I would go really, really deep into working nonstop. And then I would just crash. And this start and stop, it was like having a Ferrari and going as fast as you can, then pulling the emergency brake. You know, it's just, it was just constant chaos. And, and uh, it just reached a point where I was just like, I don't really want to do this anymore. You know, we scaled the business and we were, you know, we, we were working, we were juggling like 50 clients at a time with a team of like 10 to 12, you know, we were just spread thin. I just felt like the quality of the work we were doing was starting to kind of slip a little bit. With, with that um, business, was it you at the top? Were you the one driving everything? Did you have people alongside you? How yeah, was I had that two co-founders. for you personally? Yeah, I had two co-founders. Um, and, you know, one was kind of the creative director and the other one was, you know, kind of the sales and, and leading the sales. Uh, he and I kind of partnered on that, but then towards the end, he was kind of leading that. And I was more operations at that point and just kind of overarching direction of the marketing and everything else. Um, so that helped. But then also what ended up happening is I wanted to pivot and there was just the direction that I think I needed the business to go differed from my partners. So it just became mm-hmm. apparent, like I'm burning out. I would want to go in a different direction. I, I, you know, this is really at this point, like, I don't want to completely upheaval the business. I just need the exit. And so was there so, a point where you're like, you can put it down to this, there's one time where it's like, that's the day you can remember saying, shit, yep, I am done. I need to do this. Or was it that gradual, because I think alignment is a great word to use there. If you're not in alignment with yourself personally, yeah emotionally, spiritually, if you're not in alignment with your business partners, but where the business is going, holy crap, there's no way this is sustainable. So what was it for you? It was gradual and then very sudden. So um, I was kind of just in this this kind of limbo state for a while, early or very late 2015. Early 2016 happens, David Bowie dies. And that was really important to me because he's someone who was a huge artistic uh, inspiration for me, but even as an individual, because he was relentless about doing whatever the hell he wanted. And so he, he would not compromise. He got diagnosed with cancer, thought it was terminal and then decided like, Hey, I have like maybe 12 months to live. And he just decided to work on the album and release this magna opus and put it out there. And it made me question like, what would I do if I had 12 months left to live? And it became very apparent, not what I was doing right now. And I'm uh-huh. like, and right so that's, question. yeah. And and I always ask myself, uh, what am I optimizing for? That was a question that I picked up from, uh, I believe, Peter Atia, 
And I was not optimizing for anything that would make me happy or, or, and I don't really believe in happiness, but content or satisfied, or, you know, I just wasn't doing what I wanted to do. And mm. so I kind of steeped on it. Like that was a, 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 fl- a, you know, a flag that was planted and it was very sharp, but then I just steeped on it for a couple of months to really make sure. And I remember I took a trip. I, I often travel and get out of town to kind of just give myself the emotional distance to think clearly. And I took a trip and I, and uh, it just became extremely apparent. Like, what would I do if I had 12 months left to live? I would get rid of everything and I would just travel. I would just travel. And and so I was like, that's what I'm going to do. So I ended up going back. Like, I don't, I don't remember when, but it must have been like a week or two later and talked to my partners and been like, I'm going to exit, whether that means like you guys just buy me out or like we find someone to take over for me. And and they, it's, you know, I, I don't know, we're going to, we're going to figure this out. And then, so we spent the next like six months, like, you know, kind of uh, me kind of taking a step back and exiting and then going from there. And then I spent the next two years, bought an RV and I just traveled the country for two years and did whatever I wanted. And it was amazing. And I needed that. Um, so then what was it that brought you back to this new business, your business that you have right now. Um, how did that start? And what are those fundamentals that you say are so important to other businesses? Your why, your purpose, your mission, your your differentiator. Yeah. So when towards the end uh and there's a lot that you could dive into this, but towards the end I actually started talking with a lot of retirees down in Florida Keys, a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, high successful people. And there was a commonality is that they were retired and then after the novelty ran off, they were kind of miserable, you know, because they didn't have a purpose. And I started kind of feeling that it became groundhog day. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I I really kind of wanted to go back to my hometown and I felt like I needed a purpose. And what it ended up coming to is like, I want to write, I want to do a podcast and I'm just going to consult and just kind of live a chill life. I live in Dayton, Ohio, where the cost of living is really cheap. So just, Mm -hmm. I could consult part-time and make pretty good money and not to do that. That was the plan. I talked with my buddy, Steve. He, he was one of my co-founders back in the day. Uh, He's, he's, he runs a company called Tentree. They're, they're pretty big apparel company. And I was just catching up with him as friends. And he's just like, dude, we could we could use your help, you know, and I was just going to come on and help them with, you know, some, uh, you know, search, search marketing strategy and stuff like that. That's kind of was kind of one of my specialties a little bit and really simple, just really simple and keep it simple. But then when I got in, I started working with them. I realized there was so much opportunity. There was so much that they weren't doing and just because they grew so fast. And the thing with Tentree is they're very wide driven brand. You know, we plant 10 trees for every item that we sell. You know, we try to help the climate. We use the most eco-friendly materials. I mean, if you're talking about the why, they are a dream brand to work with. But a lot of that started kind of getting loose with the messaging. The messaging wasn't really reflecting that. Like they used a tagline, like what you wear matters, which was very vague. And so like one of the things I started working with them is trying to figure out, okay, what kind of messaging should you, you grew super fast, but the messaging and the strategies that got you to where you are, they're not going to get you to the next step. What does that look like? 
And, you know, from there, uh, that really kind of opened my eyes to the need for that. And then long story short, like, uh, you know, I started going to conferences with them and meeting, you know, getting introduced to other entrepreneurs, you know, other e-commerce founders with them. And then my network just kind of, you know, went from there. And what became very apparent over the next couple of years was, um, you know, people think that they have, uh, you know, a, a marketing problem of some sort, but really, you know, they have a conversion problem and they have a conversion problem because they actually have like a positioning problem, like a messaging problem. And then they have that because they have a brand strategy. It all goes back to the source. Why do you exist? And then, you know, what makes you unique? what makes your brand cult worthy, all these buzzwords people like to say, but all of that needs to go downstream through all your marketing and all that other stuff. So that was kind of the the growth strategy side, working with these startup founders. And then the last piece is just over the last, you know, I mean, since 2018, it's just become extremely apparent working with increasingly early stage startups that they just really don't know what they don't know. They're first-time founders often, like I, you know, I said earlier, they don't have a CMO. So they don't have one, some of them run the marketing. But what became very apparent is a lot of what I ended up doing was just advising them as an entrepreneur and as a founder and like, you know, how they should go about things and really just kind of being there to, uh, you know, almost as like a fiduciary to make sure that, you know, like they they are, you know, the agencies they're working with are not screwing them over and, you know, like the, everything is sound. So I'm kind of that outside yeah. counsel. With that, that particular aspect, them. how much are you focused on the business and how much are you focused on them, the individual? It's largely through the lens of the business, but then what ends up happening is you start having these after hour calls and these sidebar conversations. And it starts to being like, you know, I, I had to have one conversation a couple of weeks ago where, you know, there was a major pivot point with the business and it could go either way. And I had pretty frank conversation with the two co-founders being like, let's imagine it's two or three years from now. You know, here's here's outcome A, here's outcome B. What which one are you gonna wake up in the morning and feel excited about? You know, and I'm like, you know, so it's just I'm having these much more um kind of lifestyle and and kind of existential conversations of, you know, again, what are you optimizing for? It, you know, and and if you're a founder, it's like particularly if you're early stage where you have the ability to pivot, you know, you're not a huge company, you are controlling and steering the ship. Is this actually, are you just, you know, going with causality? Are you just going with the momentum and the easy, you know, the, the path of least resistance? Or is this actually where you want to go? And that's a lot of what I'm kind of helping them run through. And sometimes working with these founders, the, the direction of the company, when I first started talking with them and getting introduced to them and where they are six or nine months later is very different, you know? Yeah. So with that in mind, let's, let's talk about you because there's an awful lot of they, they, they talking about your clients, what they're struggling with, where they're going. Where, where are you with the business right now? Because we know the journey you've been on. We can see that the challenge you've had along the way, but what are you currently trying to work through? Because with this knowledge, with this mentoring that you do, you're not fixed. You're not this golden guru that has it all figured out. So where are you currently working on this to show you more as a, an authentic person who is still going through this at different levels? Yeah. I mean, the main thing is, is I, I've considered, you know, writing a book and doing courses and all this stuff over the, you know, the last couple of years, there's been a couple opportunities to do that, but 
it's just never really been something I wanted to commit to because I just see, see this as a constant evolutionary process. You know, uh, the way that I've gone about it is pivoted and changed, but that's something that's really kind of top of mind to me. But again, I'm looking at resource allocation. Like how am I using my time? How am I using my resources? And I'm prioritizing really my, my physical and my emotional health above all else. There's all these opportunities. I'm someone that like, I see unlimited opportunities. Like that's what makes me a great strategist is I just see opportunities everywhere where a lot of people don't. Cool. So how do you manage yourself with this? So if you have the opportunity and you can see all this stuff everywhere, how yeah. do you manage yourself? Because that's something that entrepreneurs are like, they look at threats, they look at opportunities. There's too much to do. There's not enough yeah. to do. All this, this this soup. So if you can spot these and see so many, how do you manage yourself through these times? It's a constant. I, I look at it as like an algorithm, you know, and, and you're having more data points. And the algorithm, the North Star of that is what am I optimizing for? And I kind of do this exercise about once a year where I kind of go back to the, you know, the David Bowie, what if I had 12 years, 12 months left to live, what would I do? And that really at the forefront keeps me, um, it, 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 it really cuts through the noise and allows me to know like, okay, is this actually essential? Is this actually going to get me closer to my goals? And, you know, my goal is, you know, over the next 10 years, being a content creator and, and really leaning into that. And helping people by having the conversations like what we're having right now, as far as the the why and the what and you know what we're what we're living for, purpose, meaning. Um, but you know, so to me, like the thing that I'm really kind of juggling right now, and um, you know, in a transitionary point, is I'm working with e-commerce startup founders, and I love that work a lot. But I also get a lot of energy working with you know individual entrepreneurs. And increasingly, that's kind of been my focus working with these startup founders. And I've been finding myself getting a lot more energy doing that rather than the kind of overarching growth strategy work, helping these people, you know, design like lifestyle design, designing lives that, you know, they want. So uh, that top of mind for me, it's like, okay, well, you know, is, is this something that I can scale by, you know, doing a course or something like that, that enables both for me to help more people, but also I don't have to be as involved and, you know, the one-on-one relationships and I can curate that a little bit more. Uh, And that frees me up to spend more time working on creating content. And I've very intentionally not tried to scale. Like I have a podcast and that's my primary thing. I look at that as my primary life work. And the consulting is just something that I'm doing for the next five you know, years or whatever. Um, and for me, I've made a conscious decision not to try and scale that and treat it like a business or treat it like how I would client work. I'm treating it as a passion project for now because I want to get my 10,000 hours in and I really want to get that dialed in. And, but that makes that, that makes progress slow. Often I have an autoimmune condition that sometimes like really brings me to my knees and I can't get out of bed for days at a time. It's really hard. So I have to juggle all that. It'd be really easy just to hire somebody to do all this stuff, but I intentionally don't want to do that. And that's hard for me. It's, it's, it's a governor that I set intentionally to kind of uh, actively work on Uh, like, like I, like, Seneca used to do a thing where he would intentionally wear like, you know, uh, basically like poor people clothes, drabs, and like just eat rice and stuff for a couple of days, you know, just to see what it's like to be like, oh, okay, you know, I can do this, I can survive. It's like, for me, I'm trying to put myself into a situation where I am not thinking about scale. 
and I'm not thinking about growth and I'm okay doing it slower. And that has been really hard for me, but it's, it's been uh, really beneficial because the stuff that I do release stuff that I feel hundred percent confident in. And um, it's also well, it sounds me. like your, your vision, understanding exactly where you're going, exactly what you want to do. You've got those, I think there's two things sort of dialed in that yeah. those are your, your bumpers. Those are your guides. So every decision is like, you, you made some pre-decisions, you know what you should be doing for this iteration. You said yeah. you, you know, you should hire, but you're not going to, you set these boundaries for yourself. Everyone yeah. can argue that's right or wrong. It doesn't fucking matter because what matters is what's right for you. So yeah. I think with this whole conversation about your clients, about yourself, my takeaway is you've got to do what's right for you. You've got to have things set out. So you know where you're going, why you're doing it with the knowledge that, Hey, at any particular point in time, no matter how big you are, you can always change. Yeah. Right? You can pivot at any time. I mean, I left the entire business. I'd left, I'd sold everything. Uh, I left my hometown, my family, my friends, and I just went away for two years pretty fast. So it's like, once you do that, you realize that like, it's like, who's lions anyway? Like the points don't matter and that the rules are made up. So like, you can do whatever you want. You know, it's like, hey now man, it's like yes. what else is possible? Once you've done yeah. something else, what else is possible? Love yeah. that. Hey, Josh, thank you so much for sharing nuggets of, of your journey, of your story. Um, it's been fascinating to hear what, how you deal with your clients and those, those elements that are so pivotal to businesses. So, hey, Josh, if people want to find out more about you, where can they find you? Yeah, joshboone.com. Um, you can do that. You can find the Josh Boone Show on YouTube, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, you can hit me up on LinkedIn and I'm pretty free. So it's a chat with people. I love having conversations. So give me a shout on LinkedIn. If you want to, you want to chat. Awesome stuff. And thanks again for your time. It's been a pleasure. You too, man. Thank you. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark. Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? We ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is. And we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah. So please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.